and welcome to Ray Mahuvim. This is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield, MS Marriage and Family Therapy. You know, I'm so happy you're joining me today on jrootradio.com, which can be found on jrootradio.com, jrootradio hotline, jrootradio app. There's so many ways to listen to this, and I don't know where you are listening to this. You know, this is a live show, January 20th, 2017. Yes, this is not a recording. Actually, you know what? Actually, it might be a recording for you because you might be hearing this on Monday night. On 10 p.m. Everyone, today, it's it's so interesting because I say, you know, you can hear me on so many different applications, on the internet, on the phone, and today, there might be a lot of people listening to me, especially on these venues. You know why? Because for some reason, it's become very, very in during winter break to take vacations and to go far, far, far away to the South. So many people may be listening to me in the South. You can actually give me a shout out, as they say. You can text me after the show that you actually listen to my show in the Bahamas or wherever you are right now. Okay, like this. What I want to say, oh, right, okay, so for those of you who are new listeners, here's what we do. We try to learn to develop new skills and tools to renew and strengthen the connection you have with your spouse. We do this not only from a social science perspective, but we use the Torah as our guide and source of navigation. The way I want to start today's show is basically by telling you we're just going to move on from last week. Last week, we were talking about negotiation. Now, I want to talk about post-negotiation talk about what to do after the negotiation process or what happens if the negotiation process goes wrong. And if this was like a very technical class in college or something, we would just move on to chapter six, right? But we're not doing that. I don't want to do that. I'll tell you why. Because a lot of you might not have heard last week's show And a lot of you who have heard last week's show are just going to focus on what I'm saying right now. And you're going to completely forget the context of the whole mission in marriage. And I don't want you to forget this. And that's why I'm not going to start from where we left off. I apologize, but I must, must start from the beginning. Obviously, we can't go through everything. But just just to basically lay out a couple of critical principles when it comes to marriage. Critical principles. And that's number one. Number one is prevention. I am telling you there is nothing as important as filling up your spouse's cup. In general, I'm talking to the men over here. There's nothing more important than filling up your wife's battery and for her to feel emotionally connected, to feel that she's one with you, and for her to feel that there is a shlemus. That's the most important. And I, I don't want you to get sidetracked with today's class. And I hope I hope all of you are listening to this part of the class also. I don't want you to get sidetracked. The most important piece of marriage is to fill the cup, is to, is to fill the battery. If your phone's battery is not working, your phone's not going to work. So you can talk about all the mechanics of it and the memory card and what type of version, what iOS it is. Who cares? It's not working. Your phone's not working because it's not charged. Same way, your marriage is not going to be working if it's not charged. And that's why it's so important to charge the battery of your marriage. Primarily, I'm talking to the men to charge your wife's battery. And what that includes, most important of all, like Roger Einstein says, what? Attention, affection, appreciation. I can't go through this right now, but I'm telling you right now, if you're just going to listen to today's show and say, 
oh, you know, I heard this guy, Rabbi Greenfield, on the radio. And you know something? It was very interesting because he was actually teaching about negotiation. And I feel like I could finally talk to my wife about all the things that I wanted to talk to her about. He tells me exactly how to do it. Wrong. You hear me? Wrong. No good. Why not? I'll tell you why. Because you're missing the most important thing. And that is the investment into the marriage every day. Not like one day, yes, and three days, no. Every day to invest in your marriage where you could go to sleep and say, you know what? I invested in my marriage tonight, today. Or I didn't. If you didn't invest in your marriage, you didn't. But the battery's going to go low, lower and lower and lower. And it's so, so, so important. You know, I want to tell you something interesting. I, Baruch Hashem, again, it's completely a schosamashliach, zocha, to work with many couples. And what happens is, it, it, sometimes when I, you hear one side, you know, obviously the first time, whatever it is, or you follow up and then you hear one spouse talking and they're telling you the story and they're, and they're, ex, they're, ex, they're expressing it in such an emotional way where you're like, wow, you could think to yourself if you haven't done this, you know, professionally, or if you're just listening to your friend on the phone, you could think to yourself, oh, wow, 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 wow. I can't believe she's married to a man like that. I, I, I can't believe it. I, I, I seriously can't believe it. Or the other way around. I can't believe he's married to a wife like that. I would never, never, never be able to survive with a woman like that. You might be thinking to yourself, but you know something? You, you don't have the full picture. You really don't have the full picture. The only way to have the full picture, or somewhat of it, is to hear the whole story. And that's why the first part of any type of counseling or therapy in a, in a productive type of session is to have a, what we call a comprehensive assessment. You can't create any type of treatment plan without having a compre comprehensive assessment. And I want to tell you, there are many therapists, and I, and I applaud them, meaning that well, they'll spend so much time in it, and the couples get upset. Like, how many questions do you want to know? But you know what? It's important because you want to get the full picture. You can't just get one side or sort of whatever. And even then, you, you, don't, you don't really know. And you should never really, and I hope there are no therapists out there or marriage counselors who are triangulating themselves and judging and saying, you're bad and you're good and you're bad and you're good and you should have been doing this. Definitely you can point out, you can point out gaps in the relationship. You could definitely point out and say, well, you know what? Maybe if you would do this, it would be helpful. Doing this is not helpful in the marriage. But the point of the matter that I'm trying to get through is you got to get a big picture. And that's why, you know, those of you who listen to my shows, Baruch Hashem, we have, Baruch Hashem, we have a, a large crowd listening to my show now. Baruch Hashem, I can just tell by the amount of feedback I'm getting. So I'm saying to all of you, and that is like this. You have to know it is a comprehensive. Don't just listen to one of my shows and say, oh, I know. That's why even though the show, this today's show is very, very important. It's very, very important, but I want to put it into context. And the context is as follows. Number one, most important thing in marriage is to invest in your marriage. Prevention, you know, uh, um, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of, of gold. That what? It's important for you to invest in your relationship on a daily basis. In general, I'm talking to the men, but honestly, unfortunately today, or maybe not unfortunately, there are a lot of women who have to do this as well. Of course, the women will do it automatically. If a woman, woman feels loved and connected, she's going to mirror that love back to her husband. Many women don't, number one. And many men today, unfortunately, need the, uh, need, need the starter. They do need the starter. You have to boost. Sometimes a lot of tell a lot of women, you have to boost your husband first, and then he'll be able to give you. You have to motivate him to be able to give to you. It's, it's, I don't want to say it's sad. I'm saying, you know, it's not what it used to be. It's not what it used to be, and today we have to do the right thing. So that's number one. Number two, of course, 
is the other big piece of marriage, which is being mevater, and that is letting go. So, of course, I'm going to be talking about negotiation in a second, and we're going to, this is a subscript to last week's show. But what I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, is that before you even dream, you hear me? Dream of negotiating with your spouse, you have to feel confident that you did whatever you can to be mevater, whatever you can. Today is 11, right now, again, you might be hearing this at night, it's 11.20 a.m. If you are married, if you are married, I can always bet, I can almost bet you that you had an opportunity to be mevater, even today. Something happened where you just had to let it go. We just let it go. Whatever it was, something got you annoyed, something perturbed you, something that your husband did, something that your wife did, and hopefully you let go, and that's what marriage is about. It's an opportunity for us to connect not only to our spouse, but also to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Do you are you listening to me? You know, many of you I know don't relate to this piece of it. I, I firmly believe in it. I firmely believe in it that what marriage is about connecting to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. You hear me? It's not just connecting to your spouse. You're connecting to Hashem. You're connecting to Hashem. So you're gonna go learn Torah and, and you're gonna make a see and you're gonna feel so proud of yourself. And you should. But are you connecting to your wife? Because if you're not connecting to your wife, then there's a machlokas, and that machlokas is going to impede upon your relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Do you hear me? This is not my words. This is Chazal telling us. And what does Chazal tell us? Call him Mevater Amidosav, Maviran Lakol Peshav. Have you been Mevater today yet? Are you going to be Mevater later on? You have to be Mevater. But then they say, Magritte, I'm talking about Mevater all the time, but uh, there's a point where I can't. There's a point where I can't. And we started last week, we spoke about this. I agree. There's a point that you can't. But that has to be far and few in between. Maybe like, uh, I don't know, 95% to 5%. Where 95% you're being mavatar and 5% you're not. And even that's like, a, that's, that's like a very giving figure. I would say maybe 98% to 2%. <laughs> yeah, 98% to 2%. Is that what's going on in your, in your house? Maybe even more. Because Hashem expects us to be mavatar. Not chas v'shalm to be abused, but to be mevater. And, and, and like I said last week, the term abused, I'm telling you, I feel it's overrated. People, people jump on, the, uh, on the, bandwag- the abuse bandwagon and then there's no fixing them because they're just being abused, they're being abused, being abused. Obviously, I'm not talking about physical abuse. I'm talking about emotional abuse. Many times it does occur. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I know. Many times there's a lot of emotional abuse going on. But what I'm here to tell you is that let's get off the train and let's try to negotiate in a sensible way, in the good way, in the way that Kodesh Baruch Hu wants us to, and Be'er Hashem, we will be success- successful. I want to tell you like this. I just want to do some chazara. There's, by the way, if you're listening to me today and you listen to my shows, you can't listen enough. Not because I'm some sort of who knows what, but let me tell you why. Because the chazara is the most important. To hear it again and again, like a Gemara, right? If we know if those of you who learn Gemara, you know there's always four lines of, of Rashi, right? Two sides, four lines. What's the four lines? If the chazara at least four times, right? I want to tell you something. When it comes to marriage, there's no end to the amount of chazara that is important in for your relationship. And the Chazar is as follows. And that is negotiating, negotiating is like entering a minefield. You are taking such a chance. And I'll tell you why. Because you're definitely going to create distance between you and your spouse that's going to have to be repaired. That's number one. Number two, there's a 50% chance that you're going to cause your spouse to put his or her angry hats. And there's going to be a really big explosion. How many times in your marriage 
marriage, do you remember were you actually able to convince your wife of something or convince your husband, right? It doesn't always work. Convince. But I don't understand. Why don't you just go to the dentist? I tell you a million times. I don't understand. Why well, I asked you to leave me money. Why don't you leave me money? I just I just don't understand. Or for the husband telling his wife, why is it I, every time I come in here, I tell you, you do not need to leave the heat on during the day. It just wastes money. Like, And I said it. Why do you keep on playing with it? Every time I open the refrigerator, there's all this leftover food. Who eats this leftover food? It's just a waste of money. And you know what happens? It's just disgusting. It gets old. It gets rotten. It just, why don't you just throw it out? Why don't you just throw it out? And, and these things just keep on going on and on and on. You don't get anywhere. You know why you're not getting anywhere? Because you're not using the right tools. Instead, you're blaming, you're criticizing, you're attacking, you're, you're making your spouse feel like they are bad. And if, if your spouse is going to feel that she's a bad person, she's not going to want to hear you. This goes for your husbands also. If you're going to blame your husband, he's going to feel like a bad but I can't tell him anything, Rabbi Greenfield. You're making it sound like, you know, everything's so hunky-dory. But at the end of the day, you're putting a muzzle on my, on my mouth. That's what you're doing. You're putting a muzzle on my mouth, right? No, I'm not putting a muzzle on your, on your mouth. That's not what I'm doing. What I'm telling you is the most important part of this is to make sure that your husband or your wife does not feel blamed, criticized, attacked, and even if there's an ounce of feeling something like that, they have to feel that you care about them. They have to feel that they're not like, oh, the most horrible person in the world, most terrible person in the world. You, you, you know, I can't believe that you didn't leave me gas in the car. I was going to the doctor. You put the laundry on my bed every night. I come, the laundry in my bed. You horrible, terrible person. Why is my wife so sensitive? A lot of the husbands. Why is my wife so sensitive? This is the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu created her. You know why? As an Isayon for you. Welcome to Olam Hazeh. Glad you can make it. <laughs> I want to tell you. What is Olam Hazeh? Olam Hazeh. Nisyonos, right? Are you passing? You're not passing. If you're passing, you're having Shalom Vayis. If you're not passing, then what's going on? It's Machlokas. There's no middle ground. You know? People... Sometimes I hear... Interesting. Sometimes I hear from people that um, that what? Sometimes I hear from people. That, yeah, they're married, but they just sort of like whatever. They're just like floating. It's just an interesting type of marriage. No, it's not a marriage. Nothing going on there. There's no relationship. They're living separate lives. She's using his credit cards, and he's I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what's going on in that house. It's not a marriage, that's for sure. It's not a relationship. I'm not saying they should get divorced. I'm not, I'm not coming here to say they should get divorced. But what I am saying, there's, there's no marriage. It's just it's dysfunctional with many couples, unfortunately. And that's why it's so important. And the rest of everybody else, hopefully, has mostly successes and maybe some failures. It's fine. It's fine. It's okay to have some failures in your marriage. It's fine. But as long as you know what you're doing and you're trying to right, to make the right Bechira choices. So what I'm saying to you right now is that negotiation is very dangerous because it's going to cause distance that has to be repaired. There's a 50% chance that you, you or her are going to put on the angry hat, so there's going to be an explosion. And that's why I said last week, the only two times you should ever even consider negotiating with your spouse is only, number one, if it was an atom bomb, 
which means that you've already taken off your hats, you've given yourself the hour, you followed all the previous steps. I'm not going to get into it right now. You still feel so belittled and so betrayed by your spouse. You simply cannot act normal towards her anymore. I'm not talking about a situation that your wife didn't put the meat in the chalent. I'm not talking about she forgot the forks or the knives. I'm not talking about where your husband um, isn't picking up the phone. I'm not talking about that. So I just want to make this clear. I'm talking about Adam Baum. Like he embarrassed you in front of your mother and your sister and your brother and he said something where you're ready to bury yourself and you just can't go to sleep because of what he said. Okay, okay. It never happens. It happened once and who knows what, but you're so hurt. Or, or, or she did something similar. That's what I'm talking about. That's number one. Number two, toxic pattern. Means it happens again and again and again. I've been Mavata over and over, but Greenfield, okay, I listen to you. Okay, 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 but I can't. It's going to happen again. I can't deal with it. I, I come to my bed every night and there's laundry on my bed. I, I have no problem taking it off, but then I take it off. I don't know where to put it. Then she gets upset at me because I'm putting it in the wrong place. Like, what am I supposed to do? We have to have a discussion. Okay, I get it. I get it. That's a toxic pattern. And the subscript to that is when things are just, I feel attacked and attacked and attacked and attacked. A barrage of attack and criticism from my husband doesn't stop. Doesn't stop cr criticizing and attacking me and the upset and negativity is forbittered. I, I just, I just, I can't. I feel such a distance from him. It's just, you know. Okay, okay, that happens sometimes. But again, I would say a 95 to 5% ratio, even more, even more, maybe even a 98 to 2% ratio. And I know that even when I'm saying this, a lot of people are going to say, oh, no, it's, it's fine, it's time to negotiate with my wife. No, 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 no. You better be very, very careful before you do anything that I'm talking to you about today and really, really try to be Mavater. Now, what we said last time, I just want to go over this again, and then we'll talk about the... the post-negotiation and, and, and pitfalls. And again, we're not, I, I can't, you know, we're not going to get into details, should be details, that's workshop. But we will, we will definitely touch all the core issues. Okay, like this. And that was like this. Number one, how to enter the minefield. If you decided that you have to speak to your husband or you have to speak to your wife about how she... Pulls out of the driveway. Why? Because when she pulls out of the driveway, she does it in a pretty dangerous way where she could hit the fence and then cause damage, right? You don't tell her this right away. You don't say to her when she pulls out, you know, by the way, you can't drive like that because it's going to hit the fence. So, so Shifra, you can't drive like that. You, you pull out like that, it, it's going to hit the fence. You can't do it. And I know many husbands who are listening to me are going to be upset with me. They're going to say, why can't I tell her that? It's going to damage the fence. I have to tell her that. Let me tell you why. Because she's not your friend. She's not your employee. She's not the guy behind the, behind the pizza counter. She's your wife. And there is a lot of attachment, a lot of strings attached to anything you say to her. And if she's going to hear criticism from you, she's not going to take it like, oh, yeah, by the way, you just, you know, just pull out a little bit nicer. No, 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 no. You, you haven't spent time with her. In the morning, you rushed out of the house. You didn't say, maybe you said hello, good morning to her. You walked outside. The first thing you have to say, or the second thing you have to say to her is, by the way, you can't drive like that because it's going to hit the fence. Like, it's not nice. But what do you mean, Rebecca Greenfield? I'm just telling her a fact. Yeah, you're a man. And men could talk to men like that. 
but you can't talk to your wife like that because your wife has a constant need to feel connected to you. And by the way, it's a very healthy, good, normal need. And we should also, as men, we should also have that desire to connect to our wives all day, all the time. And that's something that we're missing. That's, it's funny because it's the same thing with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, and that's why we need reminders. Yamaka, tzitzis, tefillin, all the mitzvahs, why do we do them? Because we need our reminders. That's our avoda. That's our thing. Okay? But your wife is going to feel like, excuse me, this is all you have to say to me is I didn't drive normally in the morning. So I'm not saying that to say that. I understand you're concerned about it. But choose the right time. Not now. Not now. You could talk to her about, well, I'll forget. That's your problem. I'm sorry to say. Later on, at night, you could say to her, you know, you know, when you're having a good time, things are good. By the way, I don't know, I know you didn't realize it, but you got to be careful when you go out because there's a fence there or whatever. I know you don't realize it. Just defend her and make it very quick. It's like a drive-by. Come, do it, and then goodbye. You know what I'm saying? Don't make a big issue out of it. By the way, I want to let you know, you know, you have a problem driving. You don't know how to drive. You got to be careful because it's going to hit the fence. You know how much it costs. It costs a lot of money. It costs a lot of money. Don't talk like that to your wife. Some of you who are listening to me, some of the men who are listening to me right now, are thinking to themselves, Rabbi Greenfield, it's so interesting, you know exactly what goes on in my house, because the truth is, I don't really speak like that to my wife. I'm very gentle with her, but anything I say to her, she's like very sensitive. I can't, I can't say anything. I can't point out anything to my wife, because then she feels like I'm attacking her. So I'm telling you, gentlemen, the problem is, you're not saying it in the right time, number one. You're doing it right away, right when it happened. Don't do it during the impasse. you got to give yourself at least an hour. At least an hour. Find a different time. It's very, very, very important to find the right time. And number two, you're not defending her. You're making a big deal out of it. What do you mean? I'm not making a big deal. No, you are making a big deal because you're saying to her, by the way, I want you something. When you drive out of the driveway, you can't drive like that because if, if you're going to drive like that, you're going to hit the fence. You know, When you say that, even though in your mind you're just... I'm just telling you, it's like, I'm just telling you, what's the problem? Why are you being so sensitive? That's in your mind. In her mind, if she, this is the first thing she hears from you, or even if even you're saying it at night, let's say, right? You're attacking, you're blaming, you're telling me I'm, I, I'm bad. I'm attached to you. I want to feel that you love me and you care about me. And right now, you don't think highly about me, and this is making me feel really bad. And that's normal. I'm telling you it's normal. And instead, you have to defend her and say, you know, I know you don't realize it, but you just have to be careful in the morning because otherwise it's going to hit the fence. Chances are, even if you do it the right way, your wife is going to say, what do you mean? I, I didn't do that. She'll defend herself. Don't get upset. Don't get upset. But what do you mean, Rabbi? If I'm doing it the right way, why is she defending herself? Why is she, why is she lying to me? I, I'm telling you, I saw the way she drove out of the driveway. It was, she almost hit the wall. It was not good. There's a fence next door. It's a next door neighbor's fence. She almost hit it. I, 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 I don't agree with you, Rabbi Greenfield. Okay. You know what the problem is? The problem is you don't agree. The problem is you want to do it your way. The problem is you've been doing it your way so long and you're not getting anywhere. All you're doing is getting into fights. So I'm telling you the right way to do it is, first of all, not right away. Second of all, defend her. Third of all, don't make a big deal out of it. And fourth of all, if she reacts in a negative way and starts defending herself, just move on. You hear me? Just move on. What do you mean? But she's not getting it. She's defending herself. It's going to happen again. Wrong. You hear me? I'm going to come close to the microphone right now. Wrong. You want to know why it's wrong? Because she got it. She got it. 
She heard it. She feels very bad. She doesn't want to upset you. She loves you and cares about you. And when you're upset, she feels like she, she's disconnected from you. And that, that's a very horrible feeling for her. She feels like, oh, he's upset at me now. Okay, whatever it is. So she's going to defend herself. She doesn't want you to be upset. And she feels disconnected. Remember what I told you? In the beginning, I said to you, negotiation creates distance. It always creates distance. She's going to feel far from you. She's not going to like that feeling. She's going to defend herself. And I have a little secret for you. Gentlemen, you would do the exact same thing. No, I wouldn't. I, if people tell me, I don't care. I, I don't agree. I don't agree. If you look at yourself, many times where you're criticized, you're also going to defend yourself. And even though it's not so important, and even though you could just let it go, but you just want to show her it wasn't so bad. Why are you making such a big issue out of it? Why are you making such a big issue out of it? Who cares? Who cares? If you want to promote shell advice in your house, just let it go. Move it on. Move on. Move on. Don't make such a big deal out of it. Move on. You're making such big deals. What are you fighting about? What are you fighting about? Whether, whether you, um, you, know, you came on time, you came 10 minutes late, you try to call her, you try to let her know, who cares? Just move on. You're right. I'm sorry. Move on. Move on. Those are the successful marriages. Just move on. Don't make a big deal out of it. Now, if your wife is making a big deal out of it, well, maybe she's hurt right now. Maybe you create a distance. Maybe for her, for her, it affects her more when you're upset at her. Maybe it affects her more than it affects you. Why? Because she has this constant need to feel close to you, and now you're creating distance, and now she's uncomfortable. She's going to defend herself subconsciously. Many times she's right. Many times you don't really know what happened, but move on. Move on. Don't make a big spiel out of it. Move on. Okay. So I said also last time, if you can make it into a short thing, make it into a short thing. It's possible you didn't realize how hurtful it was. Maybe, didn't, maybe you didn't realize it, but it was very embarrassing for me when, whatever. When you corrected me in front of the kids, right? Maybe you didn't realize it, but it was very embarrassing for me when you corrected me in front of the kids. Don't make a big deal. You have to talk about it because on the Shabbos table, your wife is constantly contradicting you and you can't get two words in edgewise and you're feeling that you can't have a conversation on Shabbos because your, your wife is constantly sticking her, her opinion. He doesn't let, it, doesn't let you talk. If that's how you feel, you can tell her later, not now. You can tell her later. I think listen, say to her, Chana, Shifra, Sarah. Maybe you don't realize it, but but um, I don't. Know, I feel uncomfortable when you're correcting me in front of the kids. I'm not. I'm, what you, I didn't correct you. Why you say I corrected you? Well, you said this. That wasn't correcting. You asked me. You see how this fight is starting already? That that wasn't correcting. You asked me. Since you asked me, I told you. You could so get entangled in the tit-for-tat right now because you go, I didn't ask you. You said your opinion. I asked you before, and then you start talking and talking and talking, and you don't let me talk. Like, you have no respect for me. It's very, I'm, honestly, I really, I'm really upset about it. I'm really upset. I don't do anything. You know, you're always blaming me. D do you see how this fight just started, ladies and gentlemen? Do you see how this fight just started? It, it, it started, he did the right way. He's trying to negotiate, right? And he's doing everything the right way. And she's defending herself. Maybe, maybe it's maybe it's right. Maybe it's not right. I wasn't there. Now, I tell the couples. I don't know. I, I wasn't there. That doesn't make a difference. What really happened? This is not a courtroom. We are not presiding in court on who's right and who's wrong. And if your marriage is about who's right and who's wrong, then you chose the wrong relationship because marriage doesn't work like that. It's not about who's right and who's wrong. It's about doing right. It's about, you know what? Maybe you're wrong and I'm right, but I don't need to prove myself. I'm going to move it on. And that's why you have to be careful because if you're going to negotiate with your wife or with your husband 
And all of a sudden he starts defending himself or she starts defending herself. Don't enter the tit for tat. But what do you mean? I did the right way. I defended her and everything. Don't enter the tit for tat. She got the point. You hear me? She got the point. It's not going to happen again. Move on. You don't have to make her feel bad. She wants to defend herself. Maybe she's defending herself because she doesn't feel close to you. She, she hasn't spent time with you. Maybe really she feels so disconnected. Now you're even disconnecting her more because you negotiated and that creates distance. Just move on. Don't make a big spiel out of it. Just move on. Move on. Move on. Move on. Okay. Ladies, honestly, Let's not play games, ladies. Let's not play games. At the end of the day, your husband needs to spend time with you. He needs to connect with you. It's something that's normal. It's something that you shouldn't feel like, why do I feel, why am I so needy? Why do I feel like I, like, like I have to spend time with my husband? Why am I so dependent on him? It's normal. Don't fight those feelings. It's normal. Obviously, to be mavater. But if you're getting to a situation you feel, I just can't, like I feel we're so distant. We don't spend time with each other. And whenever he's around me, he's on his phone. He doesn't get off his phone. His phone is like, it's like, it's like, it's like part of his arm. It's like his other hand. You know what? You have a good point. You have a good point. So you should say to him, not Bishas Maisa, not during the impasse, at a different time. You can say to him, Moshe, after you feed him well, he doesn't have his hats on. Say to him, I know you have, I know, I know, I know it's very hard for you in work. But when you come home and your phone is still on, and I feel like you're so into your phone, it, it really makes me feel horrible. If we if we can shut off our phone, that would make me very happy. Don't tell him why you're on the phone. Here you go again with the phone. You know, that phone is so important. You should, you know, that phone's like your wife. <laughs> so many things that people say to each other. It's like, hello. Do you think that's going to work? <clears throat> no, it's not going to work. What is going to work is to defend him. And I'll tell you why. Because just like you, he has the same exact self-esteem issues. I don't mean that he has like major self-esteem issues, but if he hears from you that you know, you're just on your phone, you don't care about me, he starts feeling bad about himself. He's going to start defending. I'm not on the phone. You're on the phone. Right? I'm on the phone. Why, why, you know, give me your phone. Let me show you right now all the orders you made. I'll tell you exactly what time you made those orders. So now, <clears throat> excuse me, now I'll prove to you that you're really on the phone, not me. Here goes the fight. Here goes the fight. Here we go again. It's crazy, no? <laughs> I'm laughing because this is, it's, it's normal. It's, it's a shame. All this machlokas. Don't go there. Just move on. It's not about the tit for tat. It's not about the tit for tat. Instead, when you speak to your husband, listen, I, I know that you have a lot what to do and I understand you're not doing this on purpose, but if we can make up like at least that we should both get off our phones for an hour a night. <clears throat> Some of you might be laughing listening to the show and you're, you're laughing at me because you're thinking like, wow, people really have such problem with phones. I'm telling you, the more, not just me working with people I work with, I, I'm telling you, I, I see this rampant on the street. Everybody's on their phone. Get off the phone. Live a life. Now, that's really not your business when it comes to your spouse. Don't get involved with your spouse, okay? You, you don't, you're never on the phone. But what you could focus is on, I feel like you're not spending time with me. I feel like the ch I know you don't mean it, but I feel like we should really be spending time with the children. It's like, you don't stop the it will really make me happy if we can both shut the phone off at 9 o'clock. I'm telling this a lot of my couples, by the way. Make an alarm, 9 o'clock, phone shut. Phone shut. I don't care. It could be the president. I'm laughing. Whoever, okay? It could be whoever. Shut the 
phone. You hear me? Shut the phone. If I would tell you right now to shut your phone, would you shut your phone? Probably not. Even right now, okay, you're listening to me, but if the phone goes on, you're going to listen to the phone. Okay, it's okay. I'm not taking it personally, but you know what? Your husband will. Your wife will. Shut the phone. It has to be a time where you shut the phone. It has to happen. You're not connecting because of this phone. This phone, I'm telling you, of course, there's a lot of good to a phone, but I see so much bad with phone. You got to be very, very careful about it. So again, don't make big deals. Don't make a big deal out of it. It's a silly thing, but... If you could try not to drink from the orange juice bottle, that would be great. So are your husbands drinking directly, directly from the orange juice bottle or directly from the soda bottle? Does it disgust you when he does that? That's how you say it to him. It's a silly thing, but if you could try not to drink from the drama, that would be great. I'm not making a big deal out of it. It's a silly thing, and I'm, I'm going to defend you. I'm going to defend you. Okay? I know that you have a crazy busy schedule. But when I see no socks in my drawer, I feel like I'm being ignored. It sounds like, like the guy is saying the right thing, right? But honestly, with your wife, it's not really the right thing. Because you're making a big deal out of it. You are. You're making a big deal out of socks. Instead, say to your wife, you know, usually when I open up the sock drawer, there's socks in there. But Rabbi Greenfield, there's never socks in my drawer. I'm telling you, I have to go to the bin. I have to match them myself. Why are you telling me there's socks in my drawer? Why should I make it up? You know why? I'll tell you why. The reason for that is because the point is shalom. That's the point. The point is shalom. Do you realize that when Aaron Cohen died, you don't understand what happened. It, it, it was you know how many, how many people called their son Aaron because that's what Aaron used to do. Aaron used to promote peace between couples. That's what he did. He wasn't a therapist. But he was the best therapist, meaning he knew exactly what he was doing. He was promoting shalom. And sometimes, many times, when it comes to shalom, even though you're not saying the exact truth, I mean, there's never socks in my drawer. Watch, I tell my wife, usually there's socks in my drawer. Say to her anyways, don't make a big deal out of it. Don't make a big deal out of it. She'll know if you did that and you tried and it didn't happen, then you can say the following sentence and you could say, I know you have a crazy schedule, but... But it, it, it makes me feel very bad when there's no socks in my drawer. That's it. I know you don't mean it. Yes, your wife is going to defend herself. She's going to defend herself. Your husband is going to defend himself. He's going to defend himself. You know what? If he has a good defense, fine, let it go. If he doesn't have a good defense, don't get into the tit for tat. Don't do that. Even, even if he says something that makes no sense, your husband says something that makes absolutely no sense. He defends himself with like such a crazy thing. I'm telling you, Rabbi Greenfield, if you would have a video recorder in this house, you would see he just makes things up. He makes, or, or I have a lot of men tell me the same thing. My wife makes things up. She just, it's like, she makes things up. It's like, I'm telling you, she fabricates stuff that never, ever happens. She, she makes things up. I can't live with her. Calm down. Calm down. This is normal. This is marriage. Don't get all hyped up. She's going to do this because you do this too. Called cognitive dissonance. And it's a very normal psychological process where we defend ourselves because we don't want to feel bad about what we did. Sometimes we could convince ourselves. You hear me? Sometimes we could convince ourselves of something that happened that never happened. And if we really think it through, we'll see that you know we're adding a little piece of it. You don't believe me? You think only your wife is doing it? You're not doing it yourself? Well, you know the halacha? You can't be an aid for yourself. You, you can't be, you can't be aidist for yourself. You can't. You can't be aidist for yourself. You need other people, to, outside people to be aid him. Because you're, 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 you're as biased as can be. You're as bi- Not that you're trying to like make up stories, but 
automatically you're going to defend yourself. Automatically. So that's what it's important to remember. That, that even the most masterful negotiator, you're going to create distance. She's going to defend herself. Don't enter the tit for tat. Just move on. It'll be over. Human psychology does not allow us to naturally accept criticism. Expect your spouse to give an excuse, even if they, the excuse makes absolutely no sense and you know it never, ever happened. Just move on. She got the point. Move on. He got the point. Now, sometimes it gets really bad. Sometimes, that's what I'm telling you, this, it's, just a, it's a very delicate area of negotiation. Sometimes what happens is, I see this, I see this from experience, that what sometimes what happens is there's backlash. Meaning, many times, many times your wife or your husband is not only going to defend himself, but he's going to turn the tables on you. And to say something that you did previously that caused her to act harshly to you. That, no, you want to know why I'm acting this way? Because you did this, so I did that. This is really going to bother you. This is really going to bother you. Because you remember, like, I'm trying to have a conversation with you, and you're going to turn this on me? Is that what's going on? Don't fall for the bait. If your wife does this or if your husband does it, don't fall for the bait. Focus on the issue. Say, I understand you're upset about that, but first can we talk about this? Don't fall for the bait. Understand, if we can address my feelings first, I'll appreciate it. Then we could talk about your feelings. And I'm telling you right now, chances are your spouse is wearing his or her hat. This is not a good time to negotiate. You guys want to move? You want to move on with this negotiation? You can try. You always have to get ready to use the fire escape and to leave. If you're negotiating at every point of the marriage, you say, okay, you know, let's not talk about this right now. Let's just move on. It's not a good time to talk about it. Men, I want to tell you something. Many times you think you did everything right. You're saying it right. You're defending your wife. You're doing everything right. But it's also, it's still not a good time. And I'll tell you why. Because your wife doesn't feel connected to you. You haven't spent time with her. You haven't connected with her. She doesn't feel close. She doesn't know what happened in your day. She doesn't know anything. She feels like empty. And it's not a time to start negotiating. So I just, it's an important caveat over here. Now, let's talk about let's talk about the person who's receiving the complaint. Okay, not the complainer, but the complainee. It's just if there's such a word, complainee. Okay, you're receiving a complaint now from your from your husband, right? And your husband comes to you, and he says to you, you know, I. I know that you have a very busy day, but but if there's any way, you know, we said many times, if you could just shut the heat during the day because it's a lot of money, or I know you're very busy, but but if we could take care of the laundry, it's really it's really getting to me. If we could just take care of the laundry before, that would really okay. And you know that this laundry issue never happens. It just happens to be this week. It's happening because your housekeeper is not here. Mind you, you you actually work, and. Okay, so, so you have two shifts. You're working, and then you're coming home, you're taking care of the kids, and it happens to be that your housekeeper is not here, and she usually does the laundry. And now you're doing the laundry. You don't have time. It ends up being on his bed. Obviously, you don't want to do this to him, and he's making like a whole balagan. He's making a whole a whole silly thing of the laundry. Your husband's making like, who knows what? Remember, chances are he has a hat on. You might be hungry, angry, tired, or stressed. Chances are he is stressed. There's a lot of stress going on in our community these days, especially financial stress. He might be displacing it. Ladies, don't make a big deal out of it. 
the most important thing in your house is shalom. Those of you who are letting go, foregoing on your character, they will forego on all your sins. Just let it go. Move on. Don't make a big deal out of it. Say to him, okay, fine, you're right. You're right. You're right. But why, Rabbi Greenfield? Why? Why should I stand for my husband talking to me like this? Why? Let me tell you why. Because you have two choices. Either choice number one is to prove to him that he's wrong, to prove to him that he's being disgusting, and to prove to him that he has no right to complain, especially when this never happens and he's making it like feel like it's happened. That's number one. And you know what? Chances are you're not going to convince him because he's a man and he's stressed and he's going to show you how you're wrong and, he's, and you're not going to get anywhere. You're not going to get anywhere with him. So, of course, it's very hard to bite the bullet. It's very, very hard to swallow your pride and to move on. But just move on anyways. Move on. Because you know what? It'll create shalom. Okay, you're right. Okay, Moshe. Moshe, okay, fine. I'm going to try. Take a deep breath. Say, Hashem, I'm being mavater now. I'm being mavater. I'm not saying that you have to be mavater if if your husband is constantly, constantly, constantly criticizing you, doesn't stop, whatever. Okay. It's a different story. Sometimes you might need help. I'm not saying that. But I'm telling you normal average marriages. <laughs> it's funny because when I say to you, I'm talking about normal average marriages, I feel that many of you think to think to yourself, well, I don't have a normal marriage. So many, so many people think they don't have a normal marriage. I'm telling you, you're, you're not normal marriage is a very normal marriage. And you're not normal husband or your wife is very normal. They're very normal. This is marriage. It's about Avodas hamidos about shlemus is about letting go. So just let go, just let go. Your husband comes to you and says to you, you know, it's not right. Let's say, let's say he's even not negotiating right. He's saying it's not right. You know, every night I come and it's like it's like you never have dinner on time. I, I don't stand. Like I, I tell you a million times. Like how long do I have to wait? I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry to be so direct. You need all this. I'm sorry to be so direct. No, no, you shouldn't be direct. You shouldn't be direct. Period. I'm sorry to be so direct. Why? Why don't you have? And you know what happened today. You know why the meal's not ready. The meal's not ready because you were busy helping his mother with her issue. You didn't have to help her, his mother. But you were actually on the phone with her, his mother trying to protect him. And now he's upset at you for the meal not being ready. Ah, chutzpinyak. I can't believe this guy. Ladies, you have such an opportunity to be mavata. You have such an opportunity to bring bracha into your house. Just say to him, I'm sorry. You're right, I'm sorry. You're right, I'm sorry. Gentlemen. If you hear your wife being mavater, it's so funny because sometimes you see that a woman is mavater, and then the husband's still upset at her. Do you hear this? <laughs> I'm laughing because I see these things all the time. That what? The woman could be mavater. She'll say to her husband, you know, I'm sorry, you're right, I'm sorry. And then he'll be like, no, you're not sorry. Gentlemen, you know what? She's saying the right thing. Move on. Move on. Don't make a big deal out of it. Move on. She said, I'm sorry. Does she mean it? She didn't mean it. She said, I'm sorry. It won't happen again. You have to prove to her that she's wrong. You have to show her how bad she is. You have to stick it in her face and make her feel horrible. That's the point. Is that the point? That's mamash rishis. I'm sorry to say. I know that we have this crazy drive that we want to do that. To pr- not that we want to hurt our wives, but we want to prove ourselves that we're not wrong and they're wrong. Get off the blame train. Get off it. She apologized. Move on. Move on. Move on. Okay. That's why I'm saying, for those of you who are the complainees, you're getting the complaints from your husband, from your wife, whatever it is, just, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, just move on. Move on. 
Move on. Don't try to prove how he's wrong or she's wrong. I know what I'm saying to you right now is very hard. I know it's, you know, I'm talking to you right now and we're making it seem like it's very simple. I know it's very hard, but just move on. Move on. This is what creates successful marriages. This is what creates successful relationships. This is what your children have to see. Just move on. Don't make an issue. Another pitfall. You try negotiating with your wife and you know what you hear from her? You know what your problem is? You're trying to control me. You, you're not bl- you're, you have this issue you want to control me. Or the problem with you is that I can never make you happy. You know what? You always complain. I can never make you happy. Or you hear from your husband. You, you know why you're complaining? Because the truth is you only care about yourself. Or chas v'shalom, he tells you you're acting just like your mother. I don't know why you're being so sensitive. Right? A lot of husbands tell them to their, to their wives. I don't know why you're being so sensitive or any other nastiness or rudeness, realize that it's not coming from, it's not coming from like she, he wants to shtuch you. He doesn't want to get you. He's just very hurt because you know that your husband has already self-esteem issues. You know he, doesn't, he he's, might not be successful in other things that he's doing, maybe in business, maybe in finance, maybe in whatever it is. Don't take that seriously. Don't take that seriously because that's going to become such an overblown fight. Don't, Take your hatted spouse seriously. I'm telling you, you just put, your hat, put the hats on to, onto your spouse. You made him hungry, angry, tired, stressed. Even he might not be hungry, but he's definitely stressed. And you're, you're tinkering with the, self, with the self-esteem, self-conscious, and that's why he's saying these things. Don't take this seriously. I know you don't mean it, but that was a very hurtful comment. That's what you can say. I know you don't mean it, but that was a very hurtful comment. If the rudeness does not stop, let the issue go or make up to discuss it later. Now is not a good time. This is called a negotiation pitfall. If it's not going the right way, stop. They used to, I don't know if they have it anymore on the trains. They have those emergency brakes. I'm sure they have some sort of emergency brake. They used to have this like red string, this red thing attached to a string. And you just got to pull the lever. Stop. Stop. Stop it. Don't talk about it anymore. You're creating a fight now. Talk about it later. It's not good. It's not important. Create new policies. If it's possible, try to create a new policy to prevent it from happening again. Let's make up. If you forget to leave me money, I can call you, and then we're going to figure out a solution. But please, let's make up that if you forgot to give me money, if I call you, please answer the phone. Let's make up. Whenever I come home from shopping and I request help, you will stop whatever you're doing and help me. Let's make up that if, if I tell you that the kids... If I tell you something, if or sorry, if I tell the children something that you don't agree with, you're not going to disagree with me in front of the children. You're not going to like tell me, no, no, no. If I say something to the children, what I'm saying, you're going to respect that and you're going to let it happen. Even if I'm telling the children they can have candy before the meal. As terrible as that is, it's not as terrible as a machloka. So let's, you're going to let me go and then we talk about it later. Let's make up. If you come home on Shabbos and you see the meal is not ready, you can make kiddish and have a piece of cake. No problem, we'll make up, right? The thing called, you ever hear the story of the Shalom Bayez Kugel? We'll make up. We have to make policies. And allow, allow what I'm talking to you right now, Shana Rishona stuff, by the way, but many of you, I hate to say it, never really achieved what Shana Rishona had to achieve, and that's why we're talking about it. And, it, and of course, Chazar is pivotal. Okay, post-negotiation. There's going to be distance to repair the distance. Remember, I, I told you from the beginning, negotiation creates distance because in a certain way you are blaming, you are criticizing as sweet talk as you are, which you should. You, no, so if, if there was hurt, you should ask her or at, whoever started the conversation, ask your spouse, are you okay now? Don't push it. Are you okay? Not the person who hears the complaint. 
the person that was complaining, because it's going to be uncomfortable. And if it works it out, I say, are you okay? Are you okay? Is everything okay now? Okay, fine. All right, fine. If it was an embarrassing situation where one spouse embarrassed another, and I'm coming to you because, because I'm hurt, you embarrassed me, then the other spouse should say, are you okay? It's very important for spouses to ask each other, are you okay? Are you okay? And that's how to end it, by asking each other, are you okay? Distract by bringing a different topic. Bring up genuine compliments and give it time. Time is the healer of all. Give time. You give it time, you're going to see it's going to heal because this negotiation is going to, this negotiation is going to create distance. The next question is, what if you find yourself in a fight? You try to negotiate or just in general, you're finding yourself fighting. What do you do when you find yourself fighting? I hate to say this, but we ran out of time. <laughs> I'm looking here at the clock. Okay. Thank you for listening. There was a lot to process over here. Those of you who have questions, comments, feedback, 917-397-2841. You can text me, 917-397-2841. Hopefully, next week, we can discuss this other topic as far as you're finding, you're finding yourself in fights all the time. But this was negotiation. I just want to remind you the most important thing, and that is as important as negotiation is, leave it as a last resort. The first resort is, number one, filling up your wife's battery, your husband's battery, and then you'll be able to be mevater, and then, of course, be mevater, call mevater, al-midosav, mevirin kol pashav. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Rabbi Yitz Greenfield. Have an amazing and wonderful and connecting week. Kol tovah.